after a one-hour-long discussion with Derek Miner about his The Trap album. We took another hour to dive into some heavy questions. The Trap and the conversation about it unveiled the hardships of a disenfranchised African-American community as they struggled to fly high above the trap by any means. Coming into this interview, I found another opportunity. Let's have an honest and nuanced conversation about race. Yes, not an original idea, but let's do something a little different. Let's pretend for a moment that you, not a person of color, had the opportunity to sit down with a black person and ask them anything without recourse. What would you ask? It is in this vein that Derek Miner and I spoke about racial stereotypes, misconceptions, and solutions to help people understand each other better. Instead of shouting and arguing, we used it as a teachable moment that takes many of the rebuttals towards the African-American community and gives a more thoughtful answer. It is also important to note, and he acknowledges it as well, that Derek Miner does not speak for all black people. He is aware that some people may agree with the rebuttals and that others may even fall somewhere in the middle. This is his take and interpretation towards the questions being asked. So without further ado, Rapzilla presents a black and white conversation about race. I'm just going to say the name, Colin Kaepernick, is kneeling, yet he's a millionaire. Why can't he be grateful to have privilege? And now Nike has signed him and endorsed him to a sneaker. What the heck, man? Um, Just because you're rich doesn't mean you don't have trauma. So I think that that people, and that is, I think for the Christian, we should definitely be careful when we say, because by saying that for the Christian person, since we're on Rapzilla, by saying that you have literally said money gives you happiness. Since this man is rich, therefore he should be happy. You have literally made money his God. Mm-hmm. You have stripped away all humanity from him. So you listen to my songs, and when I say money can't make you happy, you applaud it. But this man who uh, is saying I'm, I'm frustrated and hurt as a black man in America, you're telling him he should be happy because he has money. Wow. I've never heard it explained that way. That's really absolutely. It's deep. Man. So that's number one. Uh, number two, Colin Kaepernick is the thing that most people say is, well, you know, he wasn't even raised black. He was raised white. Um, he has white parents. And I'll say, wow. I mean, on the surface of that, you, you could say, well, well, shoot, he, he grew up in privilege his whole life. But also, he grew up an extreme minority in the area where he was at. So I'm sure his parents love him to death. But the schools oftentimes that they probably sent him to probably ostracized him because of his blackness, because he probably was one one or the only black person in the in the area where he grew up because of his affluence. And that's mm-hmm. just statistically not that black people, you know, usually black affluent people live in neighborhoods with other black affluent people. Um, and if there's not a neighborhood of black affluent people, then they live in a white affluent neighborhood. And, um, I'm sure Colin Kaepernick probably experienced a high degree of racism, not from his family, but from the environment that he lived in, because he was probably one of the one of his kind. He was one adopted. Everyone knew he was adopted because his parents was white, so they walk in with this black baby, so they know he was adopted. So he has that strike against him. Two, he sticks out like a sore thumb because he's black. Um, 
And then three, I'm sure there were people in those environments that were racist to him. So, I mean, it could almost be, the case could almost be made if you would have talked with him that he may have experienced more racism in in his uh, the climate he was in than if he was to be raised around all black people. And at least he could say, well, when I go home or when I'm at my schools, I'm around right, more right. black kids. You see what I'm saying? Yeah, He's, that's a great point. Absolutely. So I'm sure he probably faced a very real and upfront issue of identity uh, and, and, and where he was at. So I think if anyone would be able to speak to it, it would be him. Uh, for sure. All right. Uh, last one. So this is the, okay, Black Lives Matter. Yeah, but uh, all lives matter. Yeah, they do matter. But um, all lives also don't have uh, discriminatory laws against them. So the reason why the Black Lives Matter movement exists is because um, historically black lives haven't mattered in our country and to some people even today. And some laws actually make it seem like we don't matter still. So black is is very simple. Um, like I said, you don't even have to use a lot of logic to talk about this one. But mm-hmm. when Breast Cancer Awareness Month comes along, my mom is a survivor of breast cancer. Um, when we have Breast Cancer Awareness Month, that doesn't mean that lung cancer doesn't matter. That just right. means we're raising money for breast cancer. Mm-hmm. Um so that's the idea of Black Lives Matter. It's not the idea that no lives matter. It's not either or. That, And to be honest, that's that's an actual nationalistic idea when you can think in order for white lives to matter, other lives don't matter. It's nationalistic for you to think in order for black lives to matter, no other lives matter. That's not the issue. The issue is black lives matter because people don't think they matter. So, um, yeah, like that's the, no one is saying, no one is saying black lives matter. So therefore, since they matter, no one else lives matter. When we talk about the cancer, what we're talking about is that we should be given the exact same rights that everyone else gets. But if your assumption is that's already happening, I can see how you'd be frustrated by that ideology. But I mean, it's like you just literally could talk to five black people and see that that's not that uh, it's not the case. all lives haven't mattered. Um, and in order for all lives to matter, black lives have to matter too. So, right. And um, that's that's what I'm hoping something like this is going to help. Um, speech, speech Thomas of uh, Arrested Development actually explained it to me pretty good too. He said that say you're on a block and your house is on fire and the fire department comes to put the fire out at your house. But then right. your neighbor from a block down comes down and goes, well, how come you're not coming to my house? And you say, well, is your house on fire? No, but but all houses matter. And, and it's like, yeah, right. but your house isn't on fire right now. So we're going to we're gonna deal with this problem. And then don't worry, you know, the whole neighborhood will get back to being all these homes matter. But right now, this house matters the most because it's on fire. Absolutely. And I thought and that was such another, a good way. So definitely i think you should include that in this um even though i didn't say it but mm-hmm. you can credit yourself for saying it but um also the issue in america is not equality that's a common 
understanding is we're fighting for equality. That's not what you should be fighting for. It's fighting for equity. Does that make sense? So yeah, yeah. Equality is this: everyone gets a hundred dollars. That's equality. Equity is, but and the reason why that the reason why that never balances out because the richer just get rich and the poor just stay poor. The ratio is the same. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So if 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 I just say everyone gets a hundred dollars, and if the if if the <laughs> If the the bad guy is, or if I say everyone gets a hundred dollars, that just what that does is it keeps everything the same. Um, the issue is equity; it's restoring what's been lost, and that's that's the issue here. So when you talk about affirmative action, the reason affirmative action was brought into play is for restoration, because it wouldn't have been good enough to just say. Uh, and it, it, at the end of the day, any legislation is gonna not going to get the job done. Like, these are heart issues. Like, uh, policy matters and politics matters. But these are heart issues here. Um, so any type of uh, legislation is going to do a poor job at best of addressing these issues. But uh, affirmative action was an attempt at creating equity. What it, what it was saying was, we know that because of your history and how you were treated in America, that you need a little extra help because you've been held back. Um, and and we know that, you know what I'm saying, in, in America. So uh, I saw someone have a, they had a great, um, they had a great graphic. Uh, if you can find this graphic, it, it would be, it literally summed up equity. And it was right. two kids and one of them, they were all trying to see over the fence. And one of them was four foot tall and the other one maybe was two foot tall. So um, they gave, in, in one scenario, when we talk about equality, they gave everyone the same size ladder. Well, the problem is the two foot tall kid still couldn't see over the fence. But when you talk about equity, what that says is, let me give you what you need to see over the fence. So for the person that's, if the fence is five foot tall and the person is four foot tall, they just need a one foot fence, a one foot ladder. But for the person that's two foot tall, they're going to need a four foot ladder. Right. Right. Steal over the fence. Yeah. Um, the last thing I would throw in is I have people say this all the time that, uh, I don't see color. And, and I hate when people say that I love the sentiment, but I hate when they say that because, um, you do see color. <laughs> when when you see me, the first thing you see is my color, my skin color, and that's okay because God made me that way. God made me black, and I'm still in His image, just like He made others white and uh, and others brown, and all different uh, gamuts of the of the color spectrum. So that when you say I don't see color, one, you're lying to yourself. Um, even though the sentiment is, I see you as a human, but you also have to see me how God made me in his image. So the quest is for you to not see my color, because usually when you don't see my color, then you just attribute your culture to me. So you say, hey, this guy is just like me, and I don't share your, and the thing is, I don't share your background, your culture. You know, you are uh, 
white, Polish, part Polish and part uh, Puerto, Puerto Rican. Rican. Yep. I don't, I don't share your background. I don't have any Puerto Rican people in my family or Polish people in my family to, to my knowledge. So I don't know much about you. But when I see you, I see a beautiful image of God. So the goal is not to say that I don't see your background or your color. The goal is for me to learn more about Justin and his Puerto Rican family and his and his Polish family and learn as much as I can about you and see how God has made that beautiful in his sight.